Good evening, everyone. Thank you very much for coming. On this most auspicious occasion of the appearance of Srila Jiva Goswami, and we will continue to read from Jiva Goswami's Krishna Sandarbha. We are still on the section of the Krishna Sandarbha, which is substantiating the validity of the Parivas Sutra. Here, Jiva Goswami is taking various verses from the Bhagavat Purana, the Srimad Bhagavatam, and he's substantiating the Parivas Sutra in four different ways, just as a king would uh, reinforce, has four divisions in an army. That uh, analogy's been utilized here to designate four different divisions of fortification of the Parivas Sutra, showing that it exists throughout and is the essence of the message of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So, this simple, simple quote, Krishna Stu Bhagavan Swayam, uh, Krishna the Supreme Personality of Godhead. So, Bhagavan Sri Krishna. Now, as we mentioned in the last discussion, although Srila Prabhupada throughout his books continually repeated Krishna is the Supreme Personality of Godhead, this Krishna's two Bhagavan Swayam is only seen once in the in the whole of the Srimad Bhagavatam. So there was some real real significance to the fact that that uh, this fa- uh, phrase was repeated repeated unceasingly by by Prabhupada bringing Krishna consciousness to the Western world. We're on the flank of the army supporting the Parivas Sutra, wherein Jiva Goswami is showing all the major dialogues, all the major players presented, presenting the Bhagavatam uh, through the Leela narrative of Srila Vyasudev are, are centered on Krishna. That this is, this is the central subject matter. This specific manifestation of the Godhead and all the other manifestations of the Godhead it's it it is just there everything else in the Bhagavatam is just there to to set a groundwork for the presentation of Krishna and we're going to come we're going to discuss a few things this morning in the not this morning this (laughs) evening in the uh as presented by Jiva Goswami to show that the Bhagavatam is, is just about Krishna. I mean, that's really what the Bhagavatam is all about. So um, we'll continue with this section and Jiva Goswami again is showing that all the major speakers are speaking of uh, Swayam Bhagavan Sri Krishna. Say, Sunaka recognizes Sukadeva as a great devotee of Krishna. Jiva Goswami writes here, Therefore, after proclaiming King Parichit as a great devotee of Bhagavan, in Srimad Bhagavatam 2.3.15, Sri Sunaka describes Sukadeva as having the exact same devotional temperament as the king. In the very next verse, Jiva Goswami then proceeds to 
Quote a verse from the Bhagavatam's second canto, the venerable son of Vyasa, Sri Sukha, was also fully devoted to Sri Vyasadeva. Indeed, in the assembly of the holy sages, there are naturally discussions of the gracious qualities of the Lord, whose praises are sung by exalted devotees. Jiva Goswami writes here, kind of explains the verse from the Bhagavatam as follows. The word cha also informs us that Sri Sukha had the same temperament as King Parikshit, who was described in the preceding verse. Consequently, here also the word Vasudev must be explained as a reference exclusively to Sri Krishna, the son of Vasudev. Even in the assembly of other holy sages, Satam Samagame, there are discussions of the gracious qualities of Bhagavan, whose praises are sung by exalted devotees. So the conversations between these two great devotees certainly must have been predominated by the pastimes of Sri Krishna. This is the intended sense. And that ends Jiva Goswami's Anucheda. So, just to recall, in the last Anucheda, this point of uh, Stai Rupa was brought up, uh, especially in the context of uh, irrevocable, nastiki, uh, unchangeable, unmovable, this concept of of Krishna, both for the speaker of the Bhagavatam, Sukadeva Goswami, and from the hearer, Maharaj Parikshit, their sty, just like we, we, we hear this term, sty bhava, what's your relationship with Krishna? Are you a, a gopi or a gopa or a parent? So sty bhava, everybody wants to, you know, course we all want to enter into that kind of a relationship but here we see it used by Jiva Goswami in his Sandarbhas in a more general sense there are unlimited manifestations of the Supreme Lord but here in the Bhagavat Purana this one Purana one major Purana we see that both the speaker and the hearer the main in the main narrative of the presentation, both Sukadeva Goswami and Maharaj Parikshit, they were fixed, fixed on one form of the Lord. This is the primary narration is about Krishna. So their sty rupa, they were fixed on Krishna. They, they of course knew that the Lord, the Supreme Absolute Truth, can, can be seen differently by different worshippers. Vedanti tat tatva vidas tatva myas gyanamadvaya brahmeti paramatmeti bhagavaniti sabjate. So when we look to understanding the supreme absolute truth according to the mode of worship, as explained in this verse, Vedanti tat tatva vidam. Tatvam Advayam, Jnana Advayam. 
this non-dual absolute, what is it? It can be seen in a general way as simply all-pervasive, effulgent, conscious existence, which is what you are. So if that's the general way you want to see the supreme absolute truth, then Brahmavadi is for you. And your ultimate objective, your ultimate objective of your worship, of your, of your uh, spiritual pursuit, might be to enter into that Brahman. But first you have to do away with this world. So Nati Nati. Well, that Brahman isn't this, and it isn't that, and it isn't that other thing. And when we completely eliminated everything, then we might be able to get to a, a clearing of a consciousness where we can enter into what we are, Brahman. It's important for us, especially contemporary Gaudiya's in moving forward with an understanding of the Brahmavadi is to understand this is a very exalted position of, of spirituality. It really is. Now, of course, for the Vaishnavs, it's, it's worse than hell. We have no interest. But we have to understand there is a distinction between a true Brahmavadi and a Mayavadi. That distinction was not clearly delineated by our spiritual master, Srila Prabhupada, in coming to the Western world. Because even the Brahmavadi was the same, as good as going to hell. So whether, you know, and the fact of the matter is, in India, the majority of spiritualists are followers of Sankaracharya. Sankaracharya does not follow a proper understanding of Vedic knowledge. He gives his own interpretation to that knowledge. So in accepting his interpretation, that's not the way you're to approach Brahman, the supreme absolute truth. So I'm getting a little sidetracked here, but Brahman Paramatma Bhagavan. According to how you approach that supreme absolute truth, then you will see the Lord differently. So, either you're going to accept the Lord as that all-pervasive spiritual energy, or we're going to go a little deeper and say, well, I don't know. I didn't create this place, and I don't think anybody that I've experienced created this place, so there must be an all-pervasive creator. And then we come to a higher understanding than just spiritual energy pervades everything. Spiritual energy pervades everything, but there must have been somebody behind the scenes that made it all work. Because I can't see how it, this, which is so magnificent, the magnificence of what we experience in the world around us, could happen just by chance. So then we come to a higher understanding and we see those who, who are the yogis aspiring for that understanding and appreciation of the Paramatma feature in all its different manifestations as the ultimate creator, as the 
local creator within a universe as the regulator within our very self and within everything that we experience. Brahmati, Paramatmati, then we come to Bhagavan Eti. So Bhagavan, oh wow, now we're talking about an existence of the Supreme Absolute Truth that not only is involved, not only is pervading everything, not only is involved in manifesting everything that we experience in this world, but who has his own existence. And he manifests that existence differently in accordance with the way he's approached. All of them, as they approach me, I reciprocate accordingly. Yada, yada, he dharma, sha. Whenever there's a decline in religion, I invent myself again and again. And we see in the Bhagavatam a little sampling of those advents. And it's great. Oh, here's a Varaha, here's an Ashringa, you know, Dattatreya, I mean, just Mahamahini, Rama, Krishna, so many manifestations of the Supreme Absolute Truth. So, Gaudiya Vaishnavism, as we've learned, is very distinct. We are the ones that accept the Parivas Sutra as the key to understanding the topmost manifestation of the Supreme Lord. If we drop back just to the before, a little before the advent of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, of course, this is recognized to some extent in the Bhagavatam commentary of Sridhar Swami, as we see utilized by Jiva Goswami, he's, he's put this much of it together. But prior to, prior we have Madhvacharya. Madhvacharya did not make a distinction between the godhood of one manifestation of the Lord and another. They were all viewed as equally potent, equal, equally uh, equal manifestations. No gradation was given by him. If it's a Varaha or it's a Nishringa or if it's a Krishna, whatever manifestation the Lord may come, they're all just God. So this is, this is unique, this Gaudiya presentation, Krishna Stu Bhagavan Swayam. I mean, unique. That's what Jiva's really bringing out in this Krishna Sandarbha. Now let's go, let's go to the essence. There is gradations between one manifestation of the Lord and another. And now, now we can see here in the Bhagavat Purana this key this Parivas Sutra, the light, the lamp, the lighthouse by which we view the whole Bhagavat Purana, by which we view the whole concept of a personality of Godhead. 
And then we add supreme personality of Godhead. Not a personality. There's so many personalities of Godhead. Now we're adding supreme personality of Godhead. So what Jiva Goswami is stressing right here is if you look at Maharaj Pariksit, the inquirer, if you look at Sukadev Goswami, the presenter of the Bhagavat Purana, we see that their form, the form of Godhead which they worship, the Stai Rupa that they that they are both fixated on is Krishna. Swayam Bhagavan, Lord Sri Krishna, the son of Mother Yasoda and Nanda Maharaj. This manifestation of God. And here Jiva is saying, not only Sukadev, not only Maharaj Parikshit, Narda, Vyasudev, Sunaka, Sutta, the sages of Namasharanya, they're all wanting to concentrate on this one form. And also, everybody that was present, due to the good association, Jiva brought that out, due to the association of and the influence of Parikshit and Sukadev Goswami, everybody that was present at the at the discourse between Sukadev and Maharaj Parikshit were also drawn to this conception, even though their conception they may have had some other conception. But just in that Sangha, the discourse was such that they could not they had to abandon any other conception of the supreme that they had and and bow to the to the powerful influence of the katha the krishna katha coming from the lips of sukadev goswami and that's going to come out as we go forward here in these anuchedas so so sunaka also was exclusively interested in hearing about krishna so 56 anucheda Krishna is the sole aim of Sukadev. What more need be said about the fact that Sri Sukadev, ult, Sukadev's ultimate aim was none other than Sri Krishna? The tenth and eleventh cantos, which make up nearly half of the book and are concerned almost exclusively with Krishna, are themselves proof of this. So again, we go back to to what what of the primary one of the factors that can be taken into consideration in looking at a literary presentation is repetition of the subject. So Jeeva's saying, not only that, look, here you have 12 cantos of the Srimad Bhagavatam. These two cantos near the end are exclusively Krishna, the 10th and the 11th. Then he, Jiva goes on to write, after concluding in brief the narrations of the other avatars, in brief, in the earlier canto, in the earlier cantos, Sukha greatly expanded on Krishna's glories in these two cantos. Therefore, in the very beginning of his discourse, he prayed for Krishna's mercy. And then, Jiva again quotes a verse from the Bhagavat Purana: "May Bhagavan." who is the husband of Sri, the goddess of beauty, 
the master of sacrifice, the Lord of all created beings, the ruler of all intellects, the overseer of the universe, the sustainer of the earth, the protector and refuge of the Andakas, Vrishnis, and Sattvatas, and the support of the devotees. Please be gracious to me. That's from the second canto, fourth chapter. Jiva then writes, the meaning is self-evident. The meaning being, you can't... Who, what other Krishna are we talking about here? When we bring up this terminology, the Andakas, the Vrishnis, and the Sattvatas, well, those are clans of the Yadus. So who is the prince of the Yadus? It's only Krishna, Bhagavan Sri Krishna, not any other manifestation of the Lord uh, or any other Krishna like Arjuna. The commentary here is... is I want to read a little from the commentary because it brings out the the perspective we need to see that Jiva Goswami is trying to convey here as far as the the narrative of the Bhagavatam. The Andakas, Rishnis, and Sattvatas are different clans of the Yadus in whose dynasty Krishna made his appearance. Srimad Bhagavatam has 335 chapters divided into 12 cantos. Out of these, the 11th and 12th, the 10th and 11th cantos contain 121 chapters and are directly concerned with Krishna's Leela and teachings. Apart from these two cantos, there are segments of Krishna's life that are recounted here and there throughout the first and the third cantos. Thus, almost half of the book is directly focused on Krishna. The remainder of the Bhagavat may be said to be present only as a backdrop for that component which stands out to form its main body. The narratives related to cosmic evolution and the divine appearance of appearances of yore serve only to allow Krishna's delightful human-like pastimes to be seen in the proper perspective. Anucheta 57. Now we'll go back and review something that we were we discussed way back in the Tattva Sandarbha. Krishna is the sole aim of Vyas. So here again, Jiva is reinforcing. Not only is it everybody, everybody's focused, everybody is only only their only intent is is understanding Krishna's to Bhagavan Swayam. Their full intent is this form of Godhead. Here's a whole big twelve canto presentation in a major Purana, and this Purana is well, now we're going to go into Jiva's again going to bring up what is the Bhagavat Purana? Well, it's presented by Srila Vyasadeva. Well, what was he thinking about? What what really brought about his presentation of the Bhagavatam? So now we'll go back to what what prompted him to give us this Srimad Bhagavatam. Next, Jiva writes, it is shown that Sri Krishna is the sole aim of Sri Vyasadeva. Now we go back to two verses from the seventh chapter of the first canto wherein we have the revelation 
of Srila Vyasudev. These verses, of course, are spoken by uh, Sutta Goswami. Srila Vyasudev also saw that the yoga of unalloyed devotion to Bhagavan, who is beyond sense perception, Adoksija, is the direct means to extinguish this misery. Knowing all this, the wise Vyasadev composed this Sattvata Samhita, Srimad Bhagavatam, for the people in general who are unaware of this fact. Indeed, in the very act of receptively and attentively hearing this Srimad Bhagavatam, Bhakti Dishri Krishna, the Supreme Person, self-manifests in a devote, in a person's heart, dispelling lamentation, illusion, and fear. Adoksija, beyond sense perception. Jeeva is now going to explain this terminology from the verses we just read. The word Adoksija, the Lord who is beyond sense perception, refers to Sri Krishna. It can't refer to anybody else. What do you mean it can't refer to anybody else? Now Jiva's going to show it doesn't refer to anybody else for these reasons. Since this name is a popular epitaph for Krishna, as in the following verses from the Vasudev Mahatmya of Hari Vamsa Purana. So Hari Vamsa Purana. Uh, we just read about the Harivamsa Purana in relationship to it is the supplement to the Mahabharata presented by Srila Vyasadeva. Yes. Vyasadeva's Valmiki. No, Vyasadeva's, Vyasadeva's Mahabharata okay. has a supplement, which is the Harivamsa Purana. Whereas Jamini's Mahabharat, which is really saturated with devotion, but it didn't make it through to us. So his narrative, the, his Mahabharat, which was the delight of Maharaj Pariksit's son. Remember, we were speaking of Maharaj Pariksit's son, Jamanjaya. Jamanjaya heard the Mahabharat from Jamini. So he heard it. So it must not have made it into the written tradition coming forward. So we're talking, because we're talking about a period of time 5,000 years ago. Now the, his, the supplement to that Mahabharat is Brihat Bhagavatamrita. So that Brihat Bhagavatamrita was spoken as, as stated in the beginning of the Brihat Bhagavatamrita, it was spoken by Jamini to Maharaj Pariksit's son. Again, that's... Uh-huh. Who was it? Janamanjaya. So that made it... That we got. But we got it when? We got it apparently from the way it's presented... The whole, in revelation through through the pen of Sanatan Goswami we get the Brihat Bhagavatamrita these are supplements the Brihat Bhagavatamrita and the Hari Vamsa Purana are supplements to the Mahabharata of Jamini 
and Vyasadeva, respectively. So that was the we because we came to a point last week we were in discussion said where did this how did it you know we wanted to know I wanted to know I was there talking so I knew I heard the name Janaman Jaya at the beginning of the Bhagavat you know the the Brihat Bhagavatamrita how did he play into it he was the hearer he was hearing all right so now we're gonna we're gonna get a quote here from Jiva Goswami from the Harivamsa Purana. Here's the quote. And again, understand the Leela narrative of Krishna's early pastimes may differ from one Puranic presentation to another. The fierce demoness named Putna, who had assumed the form of flying witch, was killed by baby Krishna while he slept in a cradle under the axle of a cart. <laughs> the demoness, who was gigantic, powerful, and terrible to behold, had offered her poisonous breast to baby Janardhan, who was killed by him instead, but was killed by him instead. When the residents of Raj saw the dead witch lying there, they declared, this boy has been born again and should there be for, therefore be called a doxija. And then the word is broken apart for us. He who has been awakened to a new life, ja, from under a do, the axle of a cart, aksa, a doxija. <laughs> So it can only be, in other words, this word, adoksija, can only be attributed to Krishna by the word, by simply the word meaning adoksija. Of course, what we would say is, wait, the way the Bhagavat Purana presents the Leela narrative is these are two separate Leelas that, Krishna was actually under the cart and the cart itself was the form of a demon. And we saw from our Bhagavat Leela narrative at least the vision presented there is actually Putna went into the the home of Yasodham and Nanda and presented herself as one of the gopis. And she was so overwhelming in her lovingly beautiful form that could only be that of an affectionate mother that they just handed the child to her. So this, of course, in the Hari Vamsa Purana, we see something to do with where he was. she actually attacked him while he was under the cart in a cradle. Jiva Goswami then writes, after he's quoted this verse, verse from the Harivamsa Purana, he writes, Such being the case, Vyas used the word Krishna directly in the second of the two Bhagavatam verses quoted above. All right, so let's go back to the Bhagavatam verses. The Bhagavatam verses relate to the, 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 the revelation of Vyas. 
and we'll we'll discuss that a little bit. So in the verse itself, Srinivasadeva is basically saying, uh, Krishna, Krishna is Krishna, Bhagavan Sri Krishna appeared before me. Adoksaja. Adoksaja, you know which Krishna we're talking about. Not Arjuna, not Krishna Dwipayana Vyas. They all both have, have the name Krishna. We're talking about Krishna, the son of Nanda and Yashoda. The author of Sri Bhagavan Nama Kamudi, Jiva doesn't know many different scriptures to quote from when he's <laughs> explaining everything, also says, in its primary sense, Ruta Vritti, the word Krishna signifies the Supreme Brahman, who has a blackish complexion like the tamal tree and who suckles the breast of Yasoda. So this this terminology, Ruta Vritti, what's the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word Krishna? Arjuna doesn't come to mind. Our, a name for Arjuna is Krishna. Srinivasadeva doesn't come to mind. But he also has the name Krishna, Krishna, Dwipayana, Vyas. What comes to mind? So that's a, the Ruta Vritti is the first thing you think about when somebody says a word. The first thing that pops into your mind. Before there's any qualification, any upadis, before we throw any, before, we, before the mind starts adding things to it. Oh, this, that, another thing. So it's the first thing. That's the root of Riti the root of the idea of the, that the word conveys. This is so, Jiva continues to write, because of the predominance of such usage and because such is the meaning that immediately springs to mind as soon as one hears the name Krishna being uttered. In the Sama Upanishad also, Krishna is directly referred to as the son of Devaki. The sage Agiras had imparted this metaphysical teaching unto Krishna, the son of Devaki. That's a quote from that other scripture. Again, referring to Krishna and in referring to Krishna, putting that Krishna in the context of the Leela of his youthful appearance. Here, in the second Bhagavatam verse quoted above, the book's fruition is said to be exclusively in Sri Krishna. And by this attainment alone, the Bhagavat's utter completion is accomplished. Okay, the Bhagavatam's utter completion. So we go back to the to the situation of, of the author of the Bhagavatam. These are two verses spoken by him. The verses are presented. Well, no, they're not actually spoken by him. The verses that are quoted, they're 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 spoken by um, Sutta Goswami, who's explaining what Vyas experienced. 
So again, the narrative, Vyas is there. He's already, what's Vyas done? He hasn't done much. He's just, he's just separated the four Vedas and written those all down. He's presented, um, he's presented the Mahabharata, a fifth Veda. He's given the, uh, he's written down and presented all the major Puranas. And then he has expounded the essence of the knowledge of the Vedas in the form of the Brahma Sutra or the Vedanta Sutra. He's done. He's presented all that for for the for the well-being of, of humanity as they go forward into Kali Yuga, because now the brain power is going to diminish to such an extent if it's not written down, you're not even going to remember it. And even if you read it, you're probably going to have to only remember where you read it, so you can go back and find it again. That's how bad our brains are. We we have a hard time. And we're just, what, 5,000 years in the Kali Yuga? A period of time which is uh, presented in the Ved as 432,000 years just for Kali Yuga. So we're 5,000 years in and we can't remember what we did this morning. What does speaker remember of what's in the Shastra? Then he's discontent, and Narda comes along, and why are you despondent? You just you just laid out all the scriptures, which will certainly be provide shelter and and uh, and spiritual nourishment to to humanity going into Kali Yuga, and I can see you're despondent what's what's you need to see what's the cause of this despondency and the cause of course is the fact that you've in presenting all this you haven't given the essence so these verses are spoken in in as a description of how Srila Vyasudeva came about understanding the essence he entered into samadhi and he acquired direct audience with the Supreme Lord. He saw his form, which is a big deal. As we go forward here, we're going to see this is a big deal. Because, well, I'll wait till we get there. But, you know, uh, seeing, seeing the form of the Lord, you know, it's like, it's unimaginable. Right for Vyasudeva to have an audience in Samadhi, though, because we'll find out that also Prahlad Maharaj, the whole narrative of his Leela is he, Prahlad Maharaj, also was fixated on Bhagavan Sri Krishna. Of course, Krishna came in a special form, but still, Prahlad is a devotee of Krishna. And Yudhisthira, in hearing from Narada of Prahlad Maharaj, he was feeling despondent. He was saying, wow, he got to see Krishna, he got to see, you know, the Lord manifested a form for him. And he kind of forgot what his good fortune was. 
And he had to be reminded by, you know, by Narda, what what do you mean? You think he's more fortunate than you are? You, Krishna came to your house and stayed for months at a time. He lived in your very house with you as a house guest. He, and you, you think, Prahlad just saw Krishna once come out of a pillar. That was it. That was the extent of his, his time alone with Krishna. And Krishna, you lived with him and your brothers as a family member. So don't... <laughs> we see this. Devotees get so humble and it's like, yeah, I never get the mercy. Krishna, and so we see, you know, we see this in Yudhisthira, we see it, we see it in, in uh, Maharaj Parikshit. He's lamenting, oh my gosh, these devotees are so great, the Lord is giving them so much of his mercy. And then it's like, oh, who saved you in the womb? Did you forget the family you were born in? You know, so again, repeatedly in the, in the Purana, we see this. Again, a doxaja. Just one sentence here. Oh, not one sentence. One, one little other explanation of a doxaja given in the commentary. The first verse, meaning the first verse spoken uh, here by Sutta Goswami in re- reference to the revelation of Srila Vyasadeva. The first verse states that bhakti performed unto a doxaja removes all ignorance, anartha, from the heart. Etymologically, the word adoksaja can be broken down as follows. Aksaja signifies that which is born, ja of the eyes. Aksa. Then he goes on to explain. The word aksa here is representative not only of the eyes, but of the other senses as well. Thus, aksaja refers to all empirical sense experience. The word anda means below. So below, what rests below? In combination with these words, denote he below whom all empirical sense experience is restrained. Meaning that the external senses are incapable of reaching him. Simply stated, adokshita means he who is beyond empirical sense perception. In other words, the senses rest below this, what this word is designating. 18 Puranas, Mahabharat, we went through that. And then again, the verse, just so we see uh, in the proper context what Jiva Goswami is referring to uh, from the spoken by Sutta in regards to the revelation, Yashyamvai Shru Yamanayam Krishne Paramapurushe Bhaktir Upachate Pumsa Soka Moha Bhayapaha So Krishne, the word Krishna in the verse itself. So we'll begin next reading with the 58th Anucheda. Thank you so much for your association.